Welcome to I'm Game with Fred Croner. Today I'm joined by Matt Troja from the Illinois High School Association. Matt, welcome. Thanks for having me, Fred. Always good to talk to you. I imagine uh, this year has been like uh, unlike anything else that uh, you've ever been through. Talk a little bit about the, the year and, and what it was like to, uh, to get through uh, the 2021 school year. Yeah, you know, I, I've been now at the IHSA for about 13 years. And, uh, you know, we've been through uh, some, some pretty significant events in terms of, of, you know, battles with legislators and lawsuits over concussions. And, uh, you know, we've been in court over officials calls and games. And so I, I thought I'd sort of been through uh, kind of the, the craziest situations that I would go through. And then uh, obviously this pandemic happened and uh, it made for a, a very difficult year. And, um, you know, the way I can probably best describe it is that it felt like we, we had nothing to do for nine months, but plan. And then all of a sudden, we tried to fit about nine months worth of work into to about two months. So it was it was a real grind, and uh, you know we're we're just happy we were able to play. Um, but uh, I think everybody, uh, including a lot of the athletic directors and coaches I talked to, are sort of glad to have this year in the rearview mirror and, and hopefully have a a much more normal school year uh, from a, an IHSA perspective next year. I sure hope so. What as you look back, what would you say this year has taught you? What what have you learned? Um, you know, a, a lot of things, a lot of things. And, and, you know, part of it is, you know, I think we planned well um, in terms of uh, how we went through the school year and, and if, if and when these events were ever going to be allowed to, to start the sports um, that, you know, I think we had a good plan in place and things, they, they rolled pretty smoothly once we got them going, despite all of the, the overlap. Um, you know, I think we learned a lot about just the support from our membership um, and and kind of being in a tough spot where we didn't have quite have control with, you know, a lot of uh, us kind of forced to, to follow IDPH um, guidance, uh, which was, was certainly sort of a new uh, a new thing. Um, you know, certainly with um, the gift of hindsight, I, I think we'd have done a lot of things differently and, and potentially maybe flipped some season and played some things um, at different times. Um, but, uh, you know, it's such an unprecedented situation. Uh, I don't know that it'll, I think it'll probably be years down the road before we can really kind of look back and just, you know, determine what we did right and what we did wrong. Well, kind of, I, I would like, like you to look back to, to the start of the school year. We, we got started and most of the sports didn't go, but I think, uh, what, cross country, golf, tennis, and girls swimming went ahead uh, starting in August, September and had their regular seasons. So as, as you look back now and seeing what the other states around here did, you know, Missouri and Iowa and, and Indiana, as far as doing football and volleyball at the time, is there anything you would have done differently with those particular sports? Uh, or do you feel like that was the, the good call to postpone those? Well, you know, we were, we were vocal during those seasons. We really felt like uh, as we looked around at, at uh, the other states around us, um, we felt like we could have conducted them. Um, you know, obviously the, the Department of Public Health um, did not. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's where I kind of think we look at it and say, Hey, would we, should we have played baseball and softball then? And would that allow more opportunity in the spring for the, some of the other sports? Um, but I think, you know, I think we really felt that as we got into the, the early parts of the school year and saw other States playing those sports and having success and, and sort of minimal instances, um, you know, with the, the pandemic or with COVID and positive cases, we really felt that for a while there that, that eventually they were going to let, let us do it. So I think we were really holding out hope for most of the, the fall that we were going to still play football and girls volleyball. And, um, so 
I think that was, that just made for, it was a difficult decision because you, you didn't want to, um, you know, pull the plug on those and then, and then not be able to play them at all. Or then you'd have people who'd want maybe half a season in the fall or half a season in the spring. Um, so uh, it, it was, it was difficult to navigate. You know, on the, on the flip side of that, you know, had baseball and softball been moved to the fall, uh, I would say it's probably about, what, 99.9% .9 likely there would have been no state tournament series. So that would have, for those two sports, and that would have meant no state series in 2020 or the 2021 school year. So in, in retrospect, it was probably good to, to hold off on that, wasn't it? Well, yeah, that, that's a great point. Um, and, you know, at the time, had we made that decision, I don't know that we were expecting to play state tournaments at anything. So it may not have felt like a loss at the time, but now again, having, having that hindsight uh, and getting to see all the state champions that we were able to crown this spring. Uh, yeah, I agree. It would be a huge loss, but I, if they, in that particular moment in time, this fall, I, I don't think that we expected that to crown any state champions or very few this year. Um, so, so again, yeah, it's just, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, if you look back on it, you could, you could probably make a case either way. So how much satisfaction was there in uh, at the end of the of the year, the, the extended school year, so to speak, uh, by playing into June, that, that all the sports did get an opportunity to play? Is there a lot of satisfaction in, in that? Yeah, I, I mean, th this is what we do, Fred. The, the, the people in our office are, are we're all, for the most part, former high school athletes who had, you know, just really special experiences that, that shaped us with with our teammates, with our coaches. This is what we love to do. We love to put on these events for the young people and, and give them a, a, you know, hopefully a once in a lifetime opportunity at the, the highest levels of these state tournaments. So it, it's, we have a, a tremendous passion for it and, and, and it's hard. It wears on you to go through a, a nine months or whatever it was without that. Cause that's, that's literally what we do and we feel like we do it pretty well. So yes, there was a, there was a great deal of satisfaction to, to do it. And, and I'd say even more so um, satisfaction that we can now say, look, we did it. We did it with, with relatively few, you know, incidences of, of spread. Um, we're starting to get some really good data, we, you know, because we weren't playing, we were relying on a lot of data from other States and from other athletic organizations. And now we have even more data from our coaches, um, including some of the contract tracing of, of when they had positive cases that show it didn't come from an athletic event. So we just feel like we've really made a case that we can do the, we can, we can hold our IHSA events that high school sports can happen. They can happen safely. Um, and, and so that we think it just, it helps sort of build that case that, yeah, let's have a normal school year in, in 21, 22. How fitting and how important was it to be able to end the year the way you did with the championship uh, series for the, uh, what are traditionally the spring sports that got pushed to summer this year with, you know, the, the track and the uh, baseball, softball, uh, girls soccer, lacrosse, and, and so on. Well, I, I just think it was really important because of how much those spring athletes have had lost, right? They, they got the entire, you know, spring of, uh, of 2020 wiped out, you know, didn't, didn't get to do anything. Um, and uh, at the same time, we know a lot of those students were, were participating on travel teams and those, those other things. And so it, it's difficult to, to explain to them and to reason um, you know, with our schools, with the athletes, with the coaches and say, um, you know, we can't conduct these, but you could go do it on your travel team or whatever it might be. Um, so it, it, I think that made it doubly important that uh, not only they got a chance to represent their high schools um, in competition again and, and not lose two years, 
but but also just to to bring some level of fairness to it to say that uh, you know there's no reason we should be shouldn't be doing it at, at, at the high school level and should be doing it at the travel level or vice versa. So I know for at least some of the spring sports or actually why well, I guess what we're calling the summer sports and maybe all of them uh, there were no programs for the state series was that because you were anticipating fewer spectators there uh, or was it just because you're trying to cram so many state tournaments into such a short period of time? You know, it was a number of different factors, um, and you hit on a couple of them. Part of it is just cost as well. Uh, the, the pandemic has uh, has had a significant financial impact on the IHSA, um, and so the idea of printing them and then not knowing what uh, how many spectators might be there. You know, what if we what if we print a thousand and then all of a sudden, you know, we're restricted to no fans or a hundred fans or something like that. You know, there was a a, a risk mitigation there just in terms of cost and and then also um, all of those state finals fall on on that so many of them fell on the same weekend this year which would not have happened in a normal year we just didn't think we had the the resourcing sources and the staffing internally to to get all of those done in an amount of time that they could print them and, and get them to the sites it just probably wasn't going to be uh, possible it makes a lot of sense. So another thing I wanted to ask about, was the multiplier not used then this year for the uh, postseason series in sports? Well, no, it still was, um, but there were no changes essentially from, we work in a two-year cycle now, and we just reverted back to the cycle from the previous one and didn't really include anything from the spring sports of, of last year. So some schools, yes, were still multiplied as a result of uh, the previous two-year cycle. Well, I guess the, the, what I was getting at, the question I've heard from several different people was in uh, 2A baseball, how Sacred Heart Griffin out of Springfield was in 2A this year. And of course, they wound up playing St. Joe and, and you know eliminated an excellent St. Joe team, whereas uh, they had been 3A. Was it just because their enrollment then had gone down and even then with the multiplier, that still put them uh, in into the 2A category? You know, I'd, I'd have to look at their specific situation, but, but my guess would be that from the 18-19 school years that they had not achieved enough success under the current structure to have them be multiplied. Okay. So I know, talk about some of the, the difficulties and challenges you faced in, in running the state tournament series, because I know at least in a few sports, you had to come up with alternate sites that weren't, you know, the ones that were necessarily chosen. Uh, baseball comes to mind, uh, you know, it, it was different places than where it would have been uh, had it been scheduled back uh, in, in May. So talk about the difficulties there. Yeah, you know, and, and I've been telling anybody that, that's asked me this, that the biggest difficulty is that we placed an incredible burden on our athletic directors with the way we had to set up our, our state tournaments this year. And uh, I just know internally here, we are so appreciative uh, of those schools because they had to host a number of events, just a significant number, especially schools that are successful and successful in multiple sports. You know, they may have found themselves hosting a girls soccer game, uh, sectional game and a lacrosse, maybe a boys and lacrosse, lacrosse and maybe they had uh, boys volleyball and track and field. So there were schools that were just uh, forced to take on an incredible amount of responsibility. Um, and so we're, we're just incredibly appreciative of that. And um, that carried over the state finals as well, as, as you noted that um, a lot of, uh, in a lot of situations, um, you know, there were venues who couldn't host us or had already booked other events. 
Um, and we really had to just kind of rely on our schools. Um, I, I am, I oversee the lacrosse state finals, for example, Hinsdale central was scheduled to host that. Uh, but they made the decision uh, and gave us the heads up in about May that they were going to renovate their stadium after state lacrosse this year. And they just, at that point in time, it didn't look like we we're going to play. So they said, Hey, we're just going to go ahead with our renovation project. Um, and if, if lacrosse happens, you're just going to have to find somebody else, and which, which I was good with. And we were lucky enough to have some schools help uh, step up and do that. And, you know, there were situations like that across the board in a lot of our different sports. So, um, you know, as I said, there was a, there was a major burden on our schools, even more in our athletic directors, even more than normal. And, um, you know, they stepped up and, and helped us get it done. So I imagine in, in a typical year, you, you can't please everybody. You're, you're getting complaints uh, from, you know, some schools or fans, whatever, about this and that. What, was this a year that you found there were more people complaining about things or, or not? Um, you know, it's funny. I, mean, <laughs> I, I would say early on, you know, uh, January, February, March, not really. It was more so all we want is a chance to play that, and we'll be happy forever. And that's all we want is just to be able to play. And then you get in and you start playing and you're able to conduct these state tournaments and, you know, the competitive nature of, of human beings comes out and, and people uh, start to find, uh, uh, you know, things to, to be concerned about that, that may seem insignificant to uh, sometimes to other folks. So um, I would say for the most part, you know, people, people were great. You know, when you're in this, uh, this business, this industry, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, people are going to have, um, they're going to have those kind of concerns and those complaints because uh, it's, it's an emotional reaction, right. To, to having your, your team or your son or your daughter, whoever it might be, whatever your connection is participating. And um, so for the most part, uh, I think people were good, but uh, yeah, that competitive nature can still rear its head from time to time. Obviously it's not ideal trying to cram so many sports in like you did this year from the end of January through, through June. I know there were a few examples of people actually doing three sports at, at one time with the end of football and, and basketball and, and then wrestling getting going. Um, did you find that though that most coaches were understanding of the situation and you didn't get much negative feedback because you know the flip side if, if you don't have that overlapping it's, it's going to just be shorter seasons for a lot of those uh, sports. Yeah, I think the coaches they did do a great job of it, and, and I think the the pushback on that was. Um, it was relatively small from what I'm aware of. Um, you know, certainly every coach wants to, wants to maximize their, their practices and their games and the number of opportunities they have with their teams, especially in a, in a year like this. But, um, you know, I think they did a, a great job of, uh, of balancing it and, and, you know, keeping in mind the student-athlete safety, not to, not to wear kids out or put them in a situation that might be injury, injuries. And, you know, I can just look at uh, – uh, you know, I reside in Hayworth, just south of Bloomington Normal and the, the Hart Illinois Conference. They they actively chose to, to play a, a four-game football schedule instead of six, um, simply because the, the spring athletes had missed out more time over that last two years, and they wanted to, to give them the extra two weeks or so uh, in, in their spring sports. So uh, I, I think you saw some, some unselfishness as well in, in some of those situations. Did you see anything coming out of the school year that, uh, you know, you had to kind of change on the fly that might actually be permanent and, and uh, you know, stick with us in the future? Yeah, you know, that's been kind of a hot topic among our staff is um, after each sports season, we have an advisory committee made up of, of coaches as well as some a principal and an AD, and they'll start to meet here over the summer and into the fall. 
And I, I think that's going to be a really interesting piece to watch is, you know, what things did they like about this that, that we might have done differently that they, they want to try and keep. Um, so, you know, I, I, for example, I, I know that, uh, you know, Craig Garber, our, our track and field administrator, did have some people who really liked the way track was this year, which was just one day uh, of finals uh, for each um, for each different class, each of the three classes as opposed to traditionally the, the two days of prelims and then a championship with all three classes. So I think you'll see some proponents uh, of different kind of changes um, that we use this year, but uh, you know, we really got to get a better feel for um, you know, what as a whole, you know, is there a unanimous um, of support for or against uh, any of these kind of changes. So I think we'll, we'll first kind of rely on that feedback from, our advisory committees, and, and then you might see some surveys and things go out to coaches and schools to see uh, what they what they do and don't like. But uh, but yeah, I think absolutely you'll see some things that happened this year that were were considered to be a, a one off uh, may may eventually become the norm. When talking specifically about track, I know there were several cases of of kids in running events that were in the second or what was considered the slower heat that that actually won. So. Uh, I, I would think that would lead more credence to the possibility of doing it because it's not like, oh, if you're in the slow heat, you have no chance because, you know, basically you're, you're running against the clock. So you still do have a chance. Yeah, I, I think you can find great scenarios like that across all the sports. And, uh, you know, people like to, to complain about the IHSA, you know, the way that we set up tournaments geographically and things like that, because the, the best two teams, quote unquote, are in, you know, this area or this regional, but, um, as you just sort of alluded to, that's why you that's why you play the game. That's why you run the meet, uh, because uh, when it comes to, to teenage kids and teenage student athletes, you never know what, what might happen on, on any particular day. Do you have an early look at this point on participation numbers for this year and, and how uh, it compares to other years as a whole uh, or, or not? Or is it too soon for that? You know, it's still too probably too soon for that. And, and it's going to be, a, it's probably going to be a difficult year more so than others to, to completely measure it and, and measure the impact. Why, um, you know, I mentioned before that I serve as a lacrosse administrator. That's a relatively new sport. We're just in our, really our third season of playing it. And we did see a lot of that's a sport where not, not unexpectedly, we saw some participation decline. Um, and, you know, you can attribute that to, or at least we, we believe we can attribute it to at this point that, let's say, you know, uh, a boys lacrosse football is a sport um, where they share a lot of athletes. And there may have been some athletes because of the late football season in the spring. There might have been some athletes who were especially seniors graduating who said, you know what, I'm, I was a football first athlete, just kind of did lacrosse for fun. Um, and I'm not going to do that this year. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, uh, athletes that participated sort of in non-traditional sports um, you know, we've heard from a lot of golf coaches that had record attendance this year because there was no football. And a lot of kids who maybe played football decided to play golf. Those will probably level off a, a little bit each way. So um, probably too early to know. And, and, and again, that might be one of those things where it takes a few years to see was it an ab were those numbers aberrations or a la lasting trend here. I know one of the, the sports I follow and one of the teams I follow is Muhammad Seymour Wrestling. And they had 26 dual meets this year, and there wasn't a dual meet where they didn't get at least two forfeits uh, from the other team. And there were some meets where they had as many as eight or nine forfeits. So, and some of those were against programs that traditionally have field pretty much a full lineup. So, 
um, you know, I think I'm seeing at least in, in wrestling around this area, around central Illinois, uh, maybe some declining numbers. And it'll be interesting to see if that was just a, a one-year blip then. Yeah, that, that's a great one. And that's a sport that that probably got moved more drastically than than any other sport in terms of uh, of its season. And, and uh, being at the end of the year and not having a state series, it certainly could have you know, impacted people to, to maybe pass on that on this particular season and just move on to their whatever they may, wherever they may wrestle. So if you would talk a little bit about uh, the sports of cross country and wrestling at the end of their seasons, uh, it seems to me like they kind of circumvented things that the associations for those uh, went ahead and conducted their own unofficial state uh, meet series in cross country and, and wrestling. How, how do you feel about that? Do you, do you like the fact that those kids had that opportunity to you know, at least call themselves unofficial state champions? Or, or do you feel like, uh, you know, maybe that wasn't such a good idea? You know, um, we've, we've stayed kind of neutral on it. Um, a, a lot of the, uh, those postseason meets, uh, especially in things like cross country and track, there's sort of state and national type events that, that go on and, and students are allowed to compete unattached from their school in them. So that wasn't necessarily a, a significant change. And, we have, a, we have a great relationship with the IWCOA and, and they're one of the more active coaches of, of any sport that we see in this state. Um, and, and, you know, we know that they, they look out for and, uh, um, you know, they really care kids and especially wrestlers. So, um, you know, in, in a year like this, I think any, any chance for, for kids to participate um, is a good thing. What was the, the reaction overall, would you say, to, to wearing masks this year? Was that something that a lot of people considered a, a big negative for, for the athletes or, or not? Yeah, you know, that's that's an interesting question. And I, and, and I, I feel like we didn't get a ton of pushback in the fall. Um, and, and it kind of varied, I think, by sport. Um, I think we all had some serious concerns going into the spring when you just talked about temperatures and and you know sports like lacrosse where you have maybe some additional gear on football um we had some some real concerns and i think we were able to uh find some good middle ground in some of those helmeted sports where we could hook in the um you know kind of the the blocker into the uh uh the face opposed to having a, a having to have the cloth mask right there on the the face um but you know, obviously, there, there's like any other issue with the, the masks. There's people who are, are very vocal opponents and, and proponents for it. And uh, I, I think, I guess, for, for the most part, I think people handle it probably as well as, as they could. And, um, you know, it's just a, another interesting piece and, and something that we'll, we'll look back and, and learn from. You know, as we look ahead to the 1920 uh, or 2021-22 school year, one of the changes we're going to see is a state tournament series for girls wrestling. Uh, talk a little bit about how that evolved. I assume it's just because the, uh, the number of girls participating has, has continued to rise. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, uh, so for folks who are not uh, familiar in the sport of wrestling, um, you have to have a, a body fat test done at the beginning of the year, which determines the weight classes you can go up or down throughout your, your year. Um, so that you're safely um, cutting weight, and not doing anything too extreme. And this past uh, previous year, um, the, the 1920, almost 900 girls who had uh, who had gone through that process. So we can't necessarily track how many went through and wrestled matches. 
Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's significant growth that we're seeing in that sport. Um, and so our board uh, a few years back had sort of said, set the target for, for 20, uh, 21, 22 to start a girls wrestling state series. And uh, then our advisory committee kind of recommended the format. And that was just recently approved uh, earlier this month uh, by our board of directors. So um, again, for people who don't know our wrestling, we do an individual state tournament in Champaign. And then the very next weekend, we dual team event um, at Grossinger Motors Arena in Bloomington Normal. Uh, and now we will uh, we will add in the girls finals as a part of that team wrestling tournament and turn it into a two day event. So, um, you know, we're excited about it. Like I said, it's a sport that's been growing rapidly and, um, uh, you know, it, it, we think that uh, it, it has a bright future. Any other changes on the horizon that uh, you know about at this point? No, at this point, there's nothing real, uh, nothing other real significant. Um, you know, last year, uh, had last year happen as we had planned, we were excited for the, uh, the return state basketball, um, as well as the new format, uh, moving from two weekends to the one weekend, three-day format. So uh, we'll be excited to, to debut that. Uh, and I'm sure Champaign-Urbana will be happy to, to have that back in the community as well. I hope so. I feel like there was a, a lot of momentum and excitement when, when that announcement happened. And uh, so pointing for it uh, to not occur, but uh, maybe that year off will, will make fans even more hungry to come back and, and be a part of it. So at this point, barring any unforeseen um, uh, developments, do you expect the uh, start of the 2021-22 school year to be pretty much back to normal uh, or what we would have considered normal prior to this school year? Yeah, all the guidance that we've provided our schools in regard to next school year is uh, is that we're gonna we're gonna operate according to our normal calendar, our normal schedules, and, and that is what they should anticipate. Um, and and believe it or not, I think the first football practice is about seven weeks away, so <laughs> it's gonna be quick. Yeah, quick quick turnaround, no doubt about that. All right, we've been talking with Matt Troha from the IHSA today. Matt, before we let you go, anything else you'd like to add? No, just uh, I guess the only thing I would add is that, uh, you know, I, I hope that as things return to see in this next school year, I just I hope folks uh, just really kind of treasure this high school experience and realize how important it is and hopefully get out and support uh, these young people as they they achieve in the, the different sports and activities that they love. All right. Well, Matt, thanks for your time. This is Fred Croner with I'm Game, and we've been talking with Matt Troha from the IHSA. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Fred. Anytime.